attentive. Brethren, before faith came, we were confined under the law, kept under restraint until faith should be revealed, so that the law was our custodian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under our custodian, for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no better than a slave, though he is the owner of all the estate. But he is under guardians and trustees until the date set by the Father. So with us, when we were children, we were slaves to the elemental spirits of the universe. But when the time had fully come, God sent forth his Son to redeem those who were under the so that we might receive adoption as sons. Peace be with you, the reader. And when Jesus saw her, he called her and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands upon her, and immediately she was made straight, and she praised God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered him, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen years, be loose from this bond on this Sabbath day? As he said this, all of his adversaries were put to shame. 
And all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by Him. Peace be to you who reads the good tidings. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Over the last month, we've had three speakers come to our parish to discuss with us and share with us information regarding our children and giving us advice and insight into their growth and development, their behavior, statistics, that are often not pleasant to hear, such as the childhood, uh, adverse childhood experiences and what that leads to in a, in a child, but also later on in life as an adult, both mentally and physically as well. We chose people from outside of our faith because it's difficult to find people inside of our faith who can give such talks on such topics and have such areas of expertise. And I was very pleased at the individuals that we had over these last three sessions. And I personally came away with a lot of uh, good information, a lot of insight, and a lot of practical tools. And we have uh, posted those first two talks on our website in audio form, and you can listen to them. The quality is not great, but you can understand it. The last speaker we had uh, this past Thursday who came from CARES Northwest, a program in Portland that works exclusively with childhood abuse, that talk was not recorded because the uh, speaker uh, wasn't, uh, did not get permission from her supervisor to do that. But she did hand out quite a few uh, papers with a lot of information primarily on the talk that she gave, and as soon as I get the digital file of that, I'm going to go ahead and have that posted on our website as well. The first talk we had had to do with building resiliency in our children and in ourselves, and it was there where we learned about the adverse childhood experiences and uh, the work that's being done around that uh, across the country, really. And Dr. Mashovsky spoke about it even within his own inner circle of pediatricians in the Portland metro area. The second talk we had had to do with our children and the various forms of addiction. And it was interesting, but uh, Dr. Hosley said that addiction is first and foremost a relationship issue. And that probably took many people by surprise, but I couldn't agree with him more. And then, as I said, this past Thursday, we had our third and final talk in this series, and we learned about uh, childhood abuse, but also childhood prevention. And she was very succinct and very systematic and had a lot of good suggestions and a lot of good uh, things for us to take home. But as I step back and I look at this first series that we have on our children, I realize that all of that information is wonderful. And we live in a world and a society today that's just wacky. Um, Patrick had sent me a, a link last night about an interview that was done up in one of the universities in Seattle and they were just asking college students 
you know, about men and women, and is there a difference? Is there a difference between male and female? And uh, as the, the man who was interviewing was asking one of the college students, he says, well, am I a man? And she goes, well, if you want to be. I mean, you kind of look like a man, but, you know, if you think you're a man, you're a man, but if you think you're a woman, you're a woman. And so this was sort of the, um, sort of indicative of, of the culture that we're living in. Now, of course, we know from an Orthodox perspective, that's craziness, right? What we have to be aware of here, though, is that while the world is going to probably get worse and worse, it doesn't matter how much information we have about it, or how much information we can give to our own children about it, or really even how much information we can give our own children about our own faith in response to that. So we could have a hundred talks over the next year on this topic, human sexuality, uh, gender identity, on and on and on and on and on. We could bring in the top speakers, we could bring in theologians, we could bring in all sorts of people. But in the end, it's not going to have the greatest impact on their lives. That's not what's going to quote-unquote really save them in a sense. And what I wanted to do this morning is share with you some words of one of our most recent saints, Saint Porfirios, who I just love and love his writings, and especially the writings he has on parenting children. And what I'm about to read to you is truthful, but it's not easy to hear. It may even make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, or it may make you feel a little heavy. It's certainly going to convict, because I know that it convicted me. But most of all, I hope that it inspires you, because it inspired me. And it caused me to really turn and look inward to myself, in terms of my parenting, in terms of my relationship with my children, and in terms of my inner fears of what's out there and what my children are going to be exposed to over time. So allow me to share with you some of his words. A psychological state is created in a child as a result of its parents that accompanies it throughout its life. Its later behavior and its relationships with others are directly connected with the experiences that it carries with it from its childhood years. A large part of the responsibility for a person's spiritual state lies with the family. I think St. Porfirios would love attachment theory, by the way. For children to be released from their various inner problems, it is not enough for them to receive good advice or to be compelled by force, nor do logical arguments or threats do any good. These things rather make matters worse. The solution is to be found through the sanctification of the parents. Children want to have saintly people at their side people with lots of love, who will neither intimidate them nor lecture them, but who will provide a saintly example and pray for them. Parents often cause hurt to a child for some act of misbehavior by scolding excessively. The child is then wounded. 
Even if you don't scold the child outwardly, you bristle with anger inwardly or look fiercely at the child and the child understands. That's nonverbal communication. The child believes that its mother or father doesn't love him and it asks, Do you love me, mom? And the mother answers, Yes, dear. But the child is not convinced. It has been wounded. People often telephone me about their children and about their matters. A mother from Milan telephoned me and asked me how she should behave toward her children. And what I said to her was this. And this is for all of us. Pray. And when you have to speak, speak to your children with love. Lots of prayer and very few words. Because if we speak, we become an annoyance and make others react or even infuriate them with our words. That is why it is better to speak mystically to the heart of others through secret prayer rather than to their ears. Pray and then speak. That's what to do with your children. If you are constantly lecturing them, you'll become tiresome and they will grow up and they'll feel a kind of oppression. Prefer prayer and speak to them through prayer. Speak to God and God will speak to their hearts. That is, you shouldn't give guidance to your children with a voice that they hear with their ears. You may do this, but above all, you should speak to God about your children and say, Lord Jesus Christ, give light to my children. I entrust them to you. You gave them to me, but I am weak and unable to guide them, so please illuminate them. And God will speak to them, and they will say to themselves, Oh dear, I shouldn't have upset my mom by doing that. And the grace of God, this will come to their heart. This is the most perfect way for the mother to speak to God and God to speak to the children. If you do not communicate in this way, constant lecturing becomes a kind of intimidation. And when the child grows up, it begins to rebel, that is to take revenge, so to speak, on its father and mother who coerced it. One way is the perfect way for the mother's and father's holiness and love in Christ to speak. The radiance of sanctity and not human effort makes good children. When the children are traumatized and hurt on account of some serious situation, in reality, they don't want to, but they can't help themselves at difficult times. They are remorseful afterwards. But if you become irritated and enraged, you become one with the evil spirit and it makes a mockery of you all. We must see God in the faces of our children and give God's love to our children. The children should learn to pray. And in order for children to pray, they must have in them the blood of praying parents. This is where some people make the mistake of saying, since the parents are devout and pray and they go to church and they read the scripture and bring up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, it is natural that they will become good children. 
But nevertheless, we see the very opposite result on account of coercion. It is not sufficient for the parents to be devout. They mustn't oppress the children to make them good by force. We may repel our children from Christ when we pursue the things of our religion with egotism. Children cannot endure coercion. The so-called devout parents who were anxious to make good Christians of their children with their human love pressurized their children and produced the opposite result. The children are pressurized when they are young, and when they reach the age of 16, 17, or 18 years old, they end up the opposite of what was intended. By way of reaction, they start to mix with bad company and to use bad language. When children grow up in an atmosphere of freedom, at the same time, are surrounded by good examples of grown-ups They are a joy to see. The secret is to be good and saintly and to inspire and radiate love. The life of the children seems to be affected by the radiation of their parents. If the parents insist, come on now, you need to go to confession, you need to receive communion and so on, nothing is achieved. But when does, when, what does your child see in you? How do you live and what do you radiate? Does Christ radiate in you? That is what is transmitted to your child. This is where the secret lies. And if this is done when the child is young, it will not be necessary for it to undergo great travail when it grows up. When the parents are saintly and transmit this to the child and give the child an upbringing in the Lord, then the child, whatever the bad influences around it, whatever the wacky world is teaching, whatever their college peers are saying about gender, will not affect them. Because by the door of their heart will be wisdom. It will be Christ himself. So, as I said, we can bring in speakers all day long. And we can talk about it till we're blue in the face. And we can panic and be anxious about it. And it is all for nothing. If we are not living the way St. Porfirios is inspiring us to live as parents. The onus, people, is on you and it's on me and the way we live our spiritual life. It's not what we can teach our children. It's the example that we set for them. Christ in us being radiated to them. And then it doesn't matter, as he says, whatever comes their way, whatever, whatever wackiness they encounter in life, it's not going to affect them. To me, that is the ultimate security. Now it's up for us to do something about it. It's up, it, it's up to us as parents to make the effort and make the changes in an inspired way because we know that this is what is most effectual. 
Amen.